You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Myron Metcalf back here, or should I say, uh, M Diggity, my rap name. You listened earlier. We need that with, uh, T-shirt. with uh, Nilla Wafer and Manny. Never came up with one. Manny, what was your rap name? Did you have uh, one? Yeah, I don't know. Manny just... Fresh is easy, right? But it's taken. Yeah, it's taken. Might uh, run into some copyright issues with that one. Uh, oh, that reminds marvelous me, marvelous Manny. No, that's like a boxer name. Who's see the? How, uh, you see how bad I am at that? <laughs> Who's the guy that we were talking about? Uh, so post, post, oh, post Malone. Post Malone. Did you guys see what he did? No. Oh, oh, the tattoo. What is he doing? What does it say? Always, it says always tired. Always tired eyes. under his eyes. What, what? So let me tell you something. I'm at the airport about four months ago in Chicago, and all of a sudden, Post Malone walks in. Come on. Now he's huge. He's pretty tall. He, look, he's about six, three ish. Big guy. He looked like he had been up until. Five o'clock in the morning, mm. and he'd set his alarm for five o five. Like he he looked horrible, and they kind of motioned him up front. Hey, you're a rapper, you're a star, whatever. You get to go through some fancy line, but yeah, that that's not going to help. I guess it helps his thing because tattoos are cool, right? The kids like tattoos. Always tired. <laughs> My concern is the kid who's going to do that to try to imitate him and not tell their parents and come yeah. home. Because mm-hmm. growing up in my house, had I come home with an always tired tattoo under my eyes, uh, the next tattoo would have been almost dead. Right. You know, like, you know. And if Rookie got that done, it'd say, always eaten. Always eaten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. I mean, I got I got two tats. I got I don't have one on my inside wrist and I got uh, my left arm. Didn't hurt a lot. But if you get it underneath your, your eye, eye wouldn't you be concerned about a slip? Because you could get... Like some, oh, some sort of serious it, or, eye damage, and then like yes. tattoos can get infected. So wouldn't you worry about something being infected around your eye? Oof. That's it's all it's all bad. It's all bad. You you know what people hope that Carl Towns gets a tattoo of? <laughs> I'm staying underneath his eyes. <laughs> like that's what would make people excited. If Carl Towns on Instagram tonight posted an "I'm staying forever" tattoo <laughs> under his eyes, I think Minnesota fans would go crazy. My concern is. LeBron James is going to make Carl Towns reconsider his future. Does that sound stupid? Maybe. Here's the thing. LeBron James is leaving this summer. I think most people agree with that because he realizes he can't beat the Warriors or the Rockets who can't afford him unless he makes a move and goes to a team that has some more firepower. And he's essentially been hinting at, hinting at that all week, right? There's a wave coming in the NBA, and it's already here, where these young players are going to look at what's happening with the Warriors and the Rockets and the Cavs, the Celtics now. I mean, goodness. Gordon Hayward comes back and gets healthy. Kyrie Irving's there. They have maybe another top draft pick. They've got multiple draft picks potentially next summer. They do? Yes. They might have a number one Mm -hmm. pick next summer on top of everything else they have. If you're a young player in this league, a Carl Towns, an Anthony Davis, a Giannis, and sort of that second group of guys under 27, you're looking at this and going – we're next. We got to figure out how we link up in order to create this regime. Yes, Carl Towns can get signed here, 
by the most money. You can make the most money here. Yes, the T-Wolves are going to match anything that anyone throws at him. I don't even think people will try because they know that they're going to sign him to a max deal. My concern is, does Carl Towns at some point say, guys, I'm not staying long-term, so you better trade me. The Jimmy Butler situation, the situation that could happen this summer with Anthony Davis. Uh, because, is he a free agent? Is that why Anthony no, Davis? No, no, Anthony Davis has two years minimum left. But if he's not going to go beyond that and you're the Pelicans, oh, I see. what, what do you do? Okay, it's the Jimmy Butler situation. It's the Chris Paul situation. Hey, I'm not signing a long-term deal. You might as well get the most from me now while I'm still valuable. And my concern is that Towns is in that Giannis situation where Giannis in Milwaukee has years left. He's made comments and outside players like Kevin Durant saying he, that Giannis should do what makes him happy. Some of these young guys are going to realize their power, I feel like, and decide, I've got to leave and link up with a Carl Towns, with an Anthony Davis, with another young player, and we got to form our own Golden State Warriors. That's the scary situation, I think, about Carl Towns and his future here. Hmm. And I'm not saying he's going to hold the franchise hostage. But because I know the, 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 the conventional thinking is that a team in the NBA couldn't be built like that here because of the climate, which I think is BS. Because is. What's Golden State? I mean, well, not even it that, climate? but it's, it's, the, it's the cold weather. Get well, out of here. A, a, you play half your games out of this market anyway. Right. And B, these guys aren't, it's not like you're walking to Target Center. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, you're, you're living yours. downtown and you're taking the Skyway over. You got a driver. Right. Steph, Steph Curry has a driver. He doesn't even drive to the arena. Right. Come on. Well, here's the other thing. Too. Well, and then you have guys. Guys have off-season homes and stuff. Anyway. Exactly. I mean, Jimmy Butler has a house in L.A. Like, who, who cares? They all live know? in L.A. Yeah. But here's my, well, KG had a house in L.A. Yeah. And while he was playing here. Which, um, that should have told us something, but. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but here's the thing with Golden State, too. Because everybody is, like, trying to, like you said, Myron, everybody's trying to put together a roster to try and beat them. I mean, the Rockets, that's why the Rockets went and got Chris Paul, because they're trying to get put together a team to try and beat Golden State. The problem with Golden State is that the way their team was built was partially, like, the way they got themselves to be a championship contender was by drafting well and getting, you know, you drafted well because you got Steph and you got Clay. Yeah. And then you also drafted well, you did your due diligence, and you scouted this four-year player out of Michigan State who was an undersized power forward, and you got him in the second round, and now he's turned into one of the best players in the league. You know who helped with that, Flip Saunders. Right. And then, so then you got that. They get themselves in a position. They win a championship. And then the salary cap spikes. That was helpful. And that allowed them to get enough cap space to get Kevin Durant because – Steph Curry was on a cheap contract because his knee, his ankles were messed up and they yeah. were able to sign him to a cheap deal. So Golden State was, I don't want to say it was built by accident, yeah, but in, they, they had a it lot of things. It was circumstantial. Yeah. And they yes. had a lot of things go their way to get to but, this sort of super, super max team that they have right now. And everybody's trying to chase them, but they don't realize, like, there's just not enough with the with the money that all these players are making and the way the salary cap is now. You need some luck to go your way, just to just to get to their level. And I I just don't know if there's a way for any of these teams to do that. Well, the good point on the on the Warriors and the salary cap because it went down almost twenty million dollars after that summer. Their ability to sustain it, however, comes from 
KD and now Clay apparently being willing to take less money. Yeah. I mean, KD's saying I'm staying this summer. He's got to have to take less money than what he's worth to do that. That's the scary part. Um, and you got Chris Paul, who apparently the other day, I saw a report the other day saying that he is he's not expecting to take to take any sort of a pay cut yeah. or take any take less money this offseason because he's a free fine. agent too. And it's like, okay, Chris, well, okay, but... And that's fine. You know, but if Towns gets to the point... To everything. There are, but if Towns gets to the point, and he's very close now, if not already there, where he's a legit top five, six, seven player, he's going to have a lot of power. And it's yeah. going to be a situation, and I think Milwaukee's feeling this, the Pelicans are feeling this. These small market teams are feeling like if we can't put the talent around them, they can kind of say, okay, I'm not staying. Do what you want. I'm not staying beyond the contract. And then that puts teams in a situation, Kyrie, Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, where, yes, they're under contract, but they're still the one holding the cards. That's why this next year is so important. These next six months, I think, are so important for the Timberwolves and they have to make real, real, I think, real decisions on who they're going to be and how they're going to be defined in the next couple of years. Is Andrew Wiggins the guy long term? What's going to happen with Jimmy Butler? Is just the group that you're going to run with? Or is it we got to build around Towns? Need more. Hopefully add more in the future and hope that he stays long term. We'll be back after this. Myron Metcalf filling in for Royce. Is it just lunch? Is it, it just? Is. It's usually just lunch. That's that dating thing. Yeah, I actually had them on the beer show a couple months ago. Yeah, it it. You know, I've been out of the game for years, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is a fascinating world. How back you know when I was younger and you dated and just the complete transformation. It's it's come, and how people are just looking for. Any reason, but the the stories that I that that she told me on the show were just fascinating. I just really? said, yeah, it, it was pretty. It was pretty interesting. It was pretty interesting. Back in the day when, <laughs> when I was in college, it would have been called. It's just eight dollars. That's all I was spending. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what the meal is. I don't care if it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee, or a snack. It's eight dollars. I know <laughs> is that, that much. Your limit? Eight dollars. I let her back supersize it. Listen, back in Cato, <laughs> you getting eight dollars out of me? Oh yeah. $8. How much was a ticket? Movie ticket? Sorry, you got to pay for your own. We're going Dutch. I'll get the popcorn. I'll get the popcorn. You got to handle the rest. Uh, the ESPN had a, 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 a thing where they said the 10 hype players who are running out of time to become stars yeah. in baseball. Two players from the Twins organization are on that list. Who are they? Miguel Sano. Yep. Byron Buxton. Yes. And I have more sympathy for one than the other. Um, Buxton obviously has had some injuries, but I still feel like we, I feel like I've reached a point where you got to say it's it's got to be time because I know he's injured right now on, on the DL, on the disabled list, but win with him, right? So no, at least we are watching him play and we know he's not who he was a couple years ago and he's, will he ever get back to that? Doesn't seem like it. 
But at least with with him, we're seeing him out there trying. But um, see, that's where I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, because I have a vastly different opinion on both of those players, and what you've seen on the field. And I know Buxton has had a and Sano. They've both had injury issues over their their brief career so far. True, but one player seems to provide it all the time, and one player seems to never provide it, and that's effort. Buxton at least gives you the appearance that he's trying his ass off yeah, every is. time he's on the field. Miguel gives you the exact opposite, in my opinion. I'm not because I, I don't I don't I don't follow the team or you know I'm not with the team every day. I don't know what he does behind the scenes. I'm just saying when they cross the white lines, I'm seeing one guy that's crashing into walls. He won a gold glove last year for God's sake, but, but he just can't hit. And the other guy is just kind of he's showing up and he's. Maybe kind of taking it half, you know, casually. Maybe doing the bare minimum. That's and that's the problem that I have when we just you know when we're talking the difference but, between Byron Bucks and Miguel Sano. But isn't a consensus number one prospect supposed to be diving for balls and you know doing some of these things? Buxton is great in the field. I get that, but I feel like so many things are expected. We shouldn't be that surprised. Sano was more of a surprise. I I think with Buxton, I think it's more. With the with the hitting thing with Buxton, I think there's there's a greater concern that he just he just doesn't have it in terms exactly. of, in terms of hitting. Whereas Sano, he's giving it to us. Whereas Sano, it's like we know he has it, but he's frustrating because we also know that he's probably not. It's it, it, with him, it's more of a desire to give to give to 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 reach that reach that point because we know Buxton is trying to get there, but we just. I, I can I can understand somebody who is looking at Buxton and ready to give up on him because they just feel like he's never going to be he's never going to be able to hit and as great as he is defensively, if he's going to hit two ten, I mean there, there's 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 a limit to how much you're going to be willing to sacrifice offensively for how good he is defensively. He's got to be able to get on base once in a while, and if he can't do that, then I don't know if it's worth it to have him out there every day, even as good as he is defensively. With Sano, it's just like, you know it's there. Yeah. But we just we're not we're not seeing we're not seeing everything that we should be seeing with him. And a lot of a lot of it just has to do with him whether or not he has the de- the, the desire to be as great as he can be. But Rivers, would you rather have a guy who showed you he had it and then lost it? Or a guy who's never found it? Like I mean, Buxton, I feel like we're in this waiting game still, mm. and he came in with all this hype. That's a fair question. That Sano didn't come in with, and, and not no, that that's I'm not saying, true. Miguel was a top four he, he, prospect. He, he, he was not to this degree, but I, I'm saying Buxton, we thought just add water. All right, right? Yes, that is true. But but I'll put it this way: I think with these two players, the ceiling as we as we stand now uh, in June of 2018, the ceiling. Ceiling for Byron Buxton is still much higher than it is for Miguel Sano. But what do we have to base that on? Buxton still has the ability and the chance to become a five-tool, all-around difference-making player. Again, but are we making that up in our heads? And Miguel, are we Miguel, making that up in our minds? Miguel, no, because Miguel is never going to be an elite defensive player, and Miguel is now turning himself into maybe a power-hitting first baseman slash DH. Well, those guys are a dime a dozen. He he's never going to win a Gold Glove. He's never he's never going to be an elite defensive player that Buxton. Well, is. That, and again, they're both they both have 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 failed. I think 
in terms of living up to their hype. Whether that's their own fault or not it is another story. I'm just saying the ceiling for Buxton is way... And this, I tell you what, if if these two players fail or if these two players succeed, Byron Buxton is much more valuable to this franchise going forward than Miguel Sano is. Yeah, I, because of what he does in the field, I get that. But we also have floaties and training wheels on him still. And I don't think we criticize Byron Buxton the way that we go after Sano. And again, because it goes back to the effort thing. I think that's... I think and, and it goes back to the, the personality. Base, with the fan base. Well, it goes back to a personality, too. Sano looks like he doesn't care, right? Yeah. Yeah. Buxton says the right things, has this great demeanor. I get all that. Nicest guy in the world, everyone says. But isn't that the problem? Wouldn't you rather see a nasty Mm. Byron Buxton at some point come out with an edge and make you feel like, hey, I heard what everyone was saying and I'm here to respond to it? I just want to see that once. And and I don't know if that's in him. So don't might be 30 pounds away from erasing everything negative that we thought about him. I wonder how much of it, though, has to do with the fact that he's in this market. Because I think a lot of people, and I've heard this from others, that... They expected this kid to be a combination of Kirby Puckett and Tory Hunter right away, which was fair. And that is the maybe not right away, but that was fair. But, and that's what the instant gratification of the world that we live in right now, because of the Baseball Americas, the MLB yeah. Top 100 shows, we're seeing these are saying, "Well, we I need results now, folks. It's baseball. Sometimes it takes a while." And I know again, it it hasn't lived up to its bill, and a lot of that has been because of injury. But that swing needs work. I'm just saying I'm still not giving up on the kid. I'm I'm not giving up on him either, Reavers, but my thing with Buxton is it's kind of like what we talked about like with Pat is I don't Buxton is not showing that he has the natural ability to hit. That's my concern. And, and as as terrific as he is defensively and we all know like he is he is an A-plus center fielder with with the glove. Mm-hmm. But if he if he's only gonna hit two ten, there's just to me like there's a limit to how much you can have him out there on a daily basis because especially when the twins lineup is the way it is right now, where really nobody nobody who's not named Eddie is hitting in the mm-hmm. lineup right now anyway. Right. Well, that's like, the problem. You you gotta have especially right now, you got to have a guy like Byron Buxton giving you more with the bat. Myron, you asked last or la, you know just a minute ago what what uh, what gives me reason. The yeah. second half of last year was not a joke. Yeah, it was real. And the second You're right half now. of You're last right. year right. is, I think, what when we saw that, it was saying, okay, whatever, the light bulb just went off. Yeah, I think what Byron's biggest problem is, he is thinking way, way too, too much. much. And he's not relying on his God-given ability. That's what I but think his I main problem is. I, I agree. I don't know how you bring him out of that. To Manny's point, are we trying to rebuild a swing or are we trying to build a swing that was never there? Like to me, we're talking like we push this combination and he finds it, right? And maybe it's just not there. And if it's not there, then he's not who we thought he was. His ceiling goes down. Who he is in the field is great, but everything else is such a huge part of what we expected of him. And I think, I just hope he can get there, but well, I'm, he I'm frustrated the t- to the point. Where I'm just frustrated because I thought I was seeing something very, very special, and maybe it's still there. When you see it, though, in his face with Bucks, and I'm talking now, he plays with a tremendous amount of I want him to do that at the plate. You know, but he, when you see him play, I remember two year, or 2015 when the Twins ended up being okay that year. I remember him scoring 
on an infield single from second base to win the game, and you saw that emotion come out in him. Yeah. I think that that also plays against him at times where he's so hard on himself and baseball is a humbling sport. Very, very true. You know, and it's, it's so, it, it's, you've got to be mentally tough and when you're a kid and you're trying to work through that, meanwhile facing guys throwing 100 miles an hour, yeah, it can be tough. Yeah. But again, it's, it's, he, whether the twins ultimately succeed or not will, will largely depend on the growth and the development of Bucks and Oversano. I firmly believe to, to that. To a degree, this, with, with those two guys, in some ways, it kind of reminds me like it kind of reminds me of Wiggins and Towns, where they yeah, both they both have flaws, but they have flaws for different reasons. Like Towns, you look at Towns and you know like the value that he brings to the table, you know it's there, and you got to have him out there. But he's a guy that thinks too much and puts too much pressure on himself, and that ends up getting him getting him into trouble. That sounds a lot like Byron Buxton. You have Miguel Sano, who has all the physical tools to be a all-time great hitter, but you just wonder about the dedication and the commitment to to get to that level. Well, who does that sound like? Yeah, Chris Reavers. <laughs> well, I, I, I just for me, it's not. I don't think it's a hundred percent, you know, complete comparison with the two with the four guys. But I think there's a little bit of that between the two pairings of guys. I just think Sano. Is easier to fix. We'll be back after this. John, Johnny, what do you got for us? Uh, well, first of all, let me tell you, Myron, this update sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Twins Angels. I got the wrong page up, John. I'm sorry. I had to play something else. So just just, just deal with it, John. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm okay. Twins Angels open up a three-game. Kind of a bad way to end the week. There we go. There. Is that better? Thanks. I appreciate it. Since you asked for it. Twins Twins Angels open up a three-game weekend series uh, tonight at Target Field. Lance Lynn, who's uh, upped his record to four and four, so he's going for win number five. Hey, I ripped him earlier. He's been really good the last month. Yes, yes. Garrett Richards goes for the Angels. Twins lineup, Dozier, Rosario, Escobar, Logan Morrison, Grossman, Kepler, Miguel Sano hits seventh, Mitch Garver, and Ryan Lamar. We knew Shoei Otani wouldn't be pitching in this series, uh, but now he won't be playing either. In fact, he won't be playing for a while. He's been put on the DL with a grade two sprain of the ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow. Uh, he's going to be reevaluated, according to the Angels, in three weeks. Go for baseball team. Oh, by play. the way, you're skipping over the biggest part of what's that? tomorrow's game. Oh, obviously. that's right. Chris, Chris Reavers. Reavers will yeah, dominate T.C. Bear in the home run Better derby win. again. Talking all that nonsense. Watch me hit like seven, <laughs> six hoppers up the middle. I had a chance last year. T.C. only hit one home run. Like I, I hit three on the warning track. Couldn't mm. get any further. That was the end of my strength. Kenny, you like my chances <laughs> of beating the Bear in the home run derby tomorrow? He's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good. You want to come hang out? And, and I do know he hates you with yes, a passion. Yes, more, more, more than I do. I know. So, really? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to trounce. So you guys have kind of bonded over that mutual yes. hatred. Yeah, that's why I get along so well with him. <laughs> <laughs> Things you say in the hallway, Kenny. I didn't think anybody hated Chris more than you. Oh, <laughs> I, that's a joke. Oh, go for baseball team playing Oregon State out in Oregon this afternoon. Uh, the it's not going well for the Gophers at this point. They are down six to nothing in the top of the fifth inning. 
Uh, and the winner, of course, will move on to the College World Series, middle of June in Omaha. Uh, they will play uh, this game, then they'll play a game tomorrow night at 8.30. It's best of three, so if they have to, they'll play Sunday night at 8 o'clock. Where's the game, by the way? It, like ESPNU's on oh, track and field. Oh, it switched. 8.65 on your TV. Oh, you got to tell me. They started at e- on ESPNU because the other game hadn't finished. Was it was... Yeah. What, what is it West Virginia? I was like, was it was that playing? bad? It was uh, Washington and Cal State Fullerton, and the last two innings took about an hour and a half. Wow. That's the one big problem with college baseball is you know, we think the pace of play in Major League Baseball oh, is bad. Yeah, it's college baseball is really bad. Uh, Saints in action. They're back at home tonight playing the Sioux Falls Canaries at CHS Field. NBA playoff basketball, you'll be able to listen right here tonight. Game four of that Golden State-Cleveland series from Cleveland. Warriors, of course, lead the series three games to none. They got no shot, right? It's going to be a sweep. Yeah, it's it's, it's over. It's over. And it's over for LeBron and Cleveland, too. This is it. I'm gonna. I I would bet you, but I'm done making bets about the NBA because I'm I'm losing. Look at that house in L.A., man. (sighs) He's moving. I bet you he'll drop a triple double in April. Yeah. Three-year-old chestnut colt named Justify can win Thoroughbred Racing's 13th Triple Crown with a victory in tomorrow's 150th running of the Belmont Stakes. 35 times since 1918, a three-year-old has arrived in New York with a chance to win one of the most exclusive clubs in any sport, but it's only happened 12 times. Houston Texan safety Andre Hall has been diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma, the team announced today. He's undergoing further testing and evaluation. Isn't Uh, this what Eric Berry, didn't he have the same thing a couple of years ago? Yeah, I think he did. Wow. Uh, Hal said in a statement, my faith in God and the support from my family, friends, teammates, and coaches will see me through this difficult time. Hal is entering his fifth season in the NFL, all with the Texans. He signed a three-year deal with Houston in August 2017, played in all 16 games for the Texans last season. Somebody called the police on Wyoming's only college football team today. The caller complained the University of Wyoming football players are playing music too loudly during practice at War Memorial Stadium. <laughs> what? Stadium, what? Got, stadium got a jumbotron with an improved speaker system a couple years ago. Laramie police say they got the call at 7 this morning. Too early, apparently, for at least one person in the neighborhood to listen to the music they were playing while the team practiced. The Casper Star Tribune reports... I'm trying to watch Judge Judy. <laughs> Turn it down. <laughs> the Casper Star Tribune reports campus police went to the stadium, got the music turned down. Wyoming receiver Austin Conway tweeted later, who calls the police on their football team? And <laughs> one other baseball note, San Diego Padres pitcher Jose Torres has accepted a suspension without pay for the rest of the year for Major League Baseball after his December arrest on domestic violence charges. The suspension will cost him three hundred and forty nine grand out of his $550,000 salary. He has not pitched this year. He had a good year last year, though. 24 years old, he was 7-4 with one save and a 4.2 on ERA in 62 games for the Padres. He pleaded not guilty January 9th in Maricopa County Superior Court in Phoenix to charges in a December 29th indictment. Felony aggravated assault with a deadly weapon or dangerous incident and misdemeanor recklessly defacing or damaging property of another person. All good stuff. We'll be back after this. Myron Metcalf back. 1500 ESPN with Nilla Wafer and uh, Marvelous Manny. That's all I came up with. I'm M. Diggity. It's my rap name. Um, first off, the Stanley Cup final was amazing, right? It, even though it was lopsided, if you don't appreciate hockey, 
Like, like to me, hockey's one of those sports where if you're like, ah, I don't really care about hockey. If you really settle in and watch playoff hockey. Oh, my God. Like, playoff hockey will change you. Watching that game last night, because my son, my six-year-old son, has started to get into it, yeah. which is ca- kind of cool. Cause, yeah, it is. Well, A, it gives me an excuse to have the game on instead of the wife yeah. wanting to watch something else. You know, yeah. another episode of Fixer Upper that she hasn't seen 700 times. But what's kind of fun is to just really dive in. Oh, man. And the effort level that those guys give when they know they're on the brink of elimination Amazing. is truly, truly something to watch. It re- it really is. Ovechkin's a monster. Yes. Um, And in a sport like that, where the margin of error is so small, to see an individual just like control the ice the way he does and impact the flow of a game is, is really remarkable. But I still contend that, you know, NHL goalie is the greatest, is, is the most difficult position to play in all of professional sports. Yep. And I, I will always believe that. And if anyone disagrees with that, check out the goal that uh, led to the 3-2 game. I mean, it was ultimately the game winner when Fleury blocks the shot and somehow slips underneath him and goes behind him. And there's just no ch- there's absolutely no chance in the third that he could have seen it or stopped it or, or could have stopped a second time. Yeah, and a guy like that in the NHL, one mistake, all of a sudden, people will criticize you, or it's your fault. Like, there's no position in all of sports like an NHL goalie, especially an NHL goalie in the playoffs and the pressure they face. There's yep. nothing like that. Nope, because you're on an island. It's, it, it's, it's you. It's just you. I mean, granted, yeah, you need to have competence in front of you. Yeah, but but, it, but it's it's on you. And you're and the thing is. The difference between being the pitcher in baseball, the the quarterback in football, or you know, name your position in basketball, the difference with the goalie, you are on the ice yes. the entire game. Mm-hmm. It's a whole. There is no deal. relief. There's no. no. Oh, I get to sit for a couple of minutes. You're on the ice. You know, granted, the the play could be happening on the other end of the ice. You're out there for yeah. every minute of the game, the whole time. There are people who say things like. Well, what about the goalie in soccer? He's got to deal with a bigger goal. No one expects that dude to stop anything, right? <laughs> that goal's a mile wide. Like, he, he's not supposed to have that much of a chance considering the skill on the field. And hockey, because it's smaller and there's less space, people have this expectation that you're supposed to block everything, you're supposed to stop everything. Mm-hmm. You see how much equipment Fleury's wearing? You see, this guy's getting attacked by some of the best forwards, some of the best players in the NHL with a, a Stanley Cup on the line, and he's given everything. Yep. I tell you what, I don't care if you like hockey or not. The passion of that guy, who I think is 37, 38? Something like that. Who, who uh, Pittsburgh made available in the, in the expansion draft with the Knights, uh, made him expendable, goes to the Golden Knights, helps them become a, a team that makes the Stanley Cup in the Stanley Cup Finals first year. To watch that dude, the way he was playing, the passion he was playing with, all of those guys, Manny, there's not a sport where I think you see more passion in championship moments than hockey. Like I think hockey players show that passion in those moments more than any other athlete that I can think of. Yeah, and and a lot of it is just because of sort of the the grind that it is to go through a playoff run because the game, you know, the game is so physical and you have to work so hard just to get a goal. And you play those games repeatedly over the course of, you know, you go through an 82-game season and then you go through two months of playoff hockey and then you finally get, you know, you get to that that ultimate moment. Like, 
you you just you you can't put a price on it, and you yeah. can see it in the emotions from Ovechkin last night when he finally got the cup and was able to hoist it up as the captain. Beautiful. I mean, that was, and I've been an Ovechkin fan for a long time, like because I've always I've always liked him because he always got sort of the the second he was always viewed as kind of the second fiddle of the league behind yeah. Crosby because Crosby got all the all the attention and, and he had a ring, you know, and, yeah, and and. Ovechkin was always kind of looked at as the great player who can't win the big one, and then yep. now he finally wins the big one, and now what can anybody say and, about him? You know, you mentioned the post-game celebration, and there is none better than than when the Stanley Cup is being passed around and hoisted because you just see these guys are physically beat and yeah. exhausted, yep. but yet yeah. i got to grab that. You know, I need to hold it because I won't it touch it until my team wins it, but as cool as the – because we are all pulling for Ovechkin. Yeah. I think that that's fair to say just because he's been at it so long. But mm-hmm. nothing for me personally – I don't know if you guys have seen this. Nothing's going to top T.J. Oshie's oh, yeah. post-game oh, presser. Not presser, but his post-game interview. Yes, interview. And then seeing his dad, dad who's struggling yeah. with Alzheimer's and for them to hold the – I mean, that got me big. Yeah, I mean, I know TJ's a local kid. He's from here, but my God. That, it doesn't get, it doesn't get better you, than that. I got yeah. my first radio job up in Roseau. I actually got to interview Tim, TJ's dad, a couple times. And he's a really good dude and really passionate about hockey, really passionate about his, his kid being, you know, a talented player and, and getting getting that goal of getting to the NHL and and. You know, for TJ to have that opportunity to to hoist the cup and finally finally that's win cool. a Stanley Cup, I that's mean, that's cool. it was beautiful. That's huge, man. Beautiful, and then like you said, the words after. I just think there's so much passion. You can't take a break in that sport at that level. Um, you know, we'll watch the finals tonight. We'll watch the game four tonight. If the Warriors are down by twenty, I'm not going to assume it's over. I know they can score, make up that in a in a or third might, quarter, or it might be it might be if they're down by twenty. They just they just pack it in and they know they got game five at home and they'll just put the Cavs away. Yeah, I mean either, either way, it never feels <laughs> right over. They never feel vulnerable. Baseball, I feel that way in a lot of ways. You can go down four five zero, one good sixth or seventh inning. All of a sudden, the game's turned. Football, you know. Whereas in hockey, it, it doesn't work that that way. Like you don't have as much power to make things happen because the sport is so difficult to master. And to execute, and a lot of and the times the skill level need, is so even. And a lot of times you just need a, a lucky bounce. To yeah, go your like way. the Flurry, the shot on Flurry in the third. I don't know who hit. I don't know who made it, but I mean, it's he block, he stops the shot. Great save, and and the puck literally kind of slides underneath him. There's just no hope. But the play that I think that really turned, you know, because people keep forgetting that Vegas won the first game of this exactly. season. Exactly. The save that the Holtby made oh my in goodness. game two completely changed. Oh, my the, goodness. Completely changed, changed this series. I'll tell you what. Playoff hockey, if you're if you're one of those people who's like, oh, hockey's not. Playoff hockey will change you. And, I mean, that is an intense ride, yep. and I love it. I, I miss a lot of the regular season because I'm in basketball working on basketball stuff. But I love playoff hockey. And the difference between the two sports, in basketball, you know for the most part, Golden State and Cleveland, the best, yeah. the best, the best teams are going to be represented in the finals. Yeah, you don't know but that. in hockey, hell, an eight seed won the cup just yeah. a couple of years ago. It, 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 it's all about how well your goalie's playing, but how well your team is playing exactly. at, the, at the time. And if you can get a few breaks. Yeah. A lot. And, and yeah. They all, all the great teams, even the best ones, they, they need a few breaks to go their way. And uh, the Cavs got enough. Congrats to them. We'll be back after this. Metcalf back on the ride, filling in for Roycey, Reavers, Nilla Wafer, Marvelous Manny. <laughs> I told you that name's going to stick. It is. M. Diggity, Myron Metcalf here. 
Uh, it's been a fun show, fellas. I always appreciate the opportunity Flies to come by, in. Doesn't it does it? fly by, yeah. and it's always fun to do it, and I always uh, love having the opportunity. I never take this for granted. Um, some sad news about Anthony Bourdain oh, yeah. earlier today. Committing suicide, 61 years old, um, famous TV host, really popular show uh, on CNN. Um, and you got a lot of people who are coming out and saying, this is really sad, and it is. My, my hope is that we don't only respond to this when celebrities or athletes or superstars are involved, uh, because I don't think that solves the issue. I think... It is the only time that it seems to get attention from a, from you know a widespread audience. Yeah, and that's, and that's unfortunate because mental health, everybody in this planet deals with yes. it in, in one way or another. And, and I think part of it is the Twitter social media element of yep. people just kind of latch onto it. But yeah, it's it's affecting people worldwide. Yeah, and clearly, I guess what I hate when people say is they go, "Well, see, even a celebrity with a bunch of money can be in this situation." It's like, well. It's all relative, right? I mean, it's not about what they have. It's that there's this universal thing that affects people um, and situations like this happen, whether you're rich, poor, whatever. It's not about that. It's about the the issues and challenges that people are facing every day. And I don't want to say they're not sure how to handle them, but leads to this situation. The whole point of this is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. The number there is 1-800-273-8255. That's again, 1-800-273-8255. There's also an online chat, um, I guess, uh, thing you can do online. And I put that out there because there are legitimately people who clearly need help mm-hmm. and want help. And there are also people after the Bourdain situation saying, well, I wish you would have had the right resources. I wish it's not that simple. Sometimes mental illness, uh, mental illness is complicated. Uh, and there are layers to it. There was a story I saw too, and I believe it was in the Pioneer Press about the rising rate of suicides. It's not going only just up, in the state of Minnesota, but yeah. nationally, and it is truly frightening. It it, it is very frightening, I especially with young people. Young people, it's happening, and I don't know. I'm no mental health expert. I don't know how to solve all these things, but I do know this: remind the people in your life that you care about them and you love them. That matters because as much as insignificant as that seems at times, that might change them. That might affect them, and that might give them a brighter outlook on tomorrow. Thanks again, Reavers. Thanks again, Manny. Myron Metcalf, 1500 ESPN. Back again sometime soon, hopefully.